that I asked uh, to prophesy this morning like to come forward? Uh, on three t- or twice a month, we have a, a group, and um, we we basically just are playing with God, sort of speak, and um, realizing, oh, we have ears that hear God, and we can say what God is saying. So um, twice a month, we get together and um, we play, and we learn that uh, how to use our ears for the Lord and use our mouth to speak what what heaven is saying. So this morning, I just asked these guys on Friday night if they'd um, go ahead and join me in um, hearing what God is saying and releasing what God is saying over you guys. Is that okay? Yes? Wonderful, 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 wonderful. All right. So some of these guys, they've never done it before, um, but that's okay. I mean, not in a group like this. Ready? Set? Go. Anybody got some? Uh, you, sir? I was noticing your keys earlier on your right-hand side. And I just thought the Lord was encouraging you that um, along the lines of master key, that you can open more doors than you realize. And actually, he's the master. He's the one key. And the keys you learn in the spirit, you can apply to different doors. So you might be scratching your head, is this one for me? Where can I go? Does that one open? It's one key, one master, and you have the master key. Um, When I was playing yesterday, I had a word for somebody. Um, I don't know who it is. But um, the word is that they feel very alone, not lonely, but alone. And they feel isolated and detached. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, yeah, just very alone. And I believe that God is saying that he's with you. He always has been with you and he always will be with you. And I believe he wants to meet with you and offer you the hand of friendship today and to say that he wants to take you to a new place in your relationship with him where you won't feel so alone and if that is you please don't walk out of this door feeling alone but come and respond because we'd love to pray with you we really would mm. yeah i just want to encourage you that um to come see avril um as soon as we're done avril will go in the back and if that's you just respond to it because you know god gives the word of knowledge so that he heals you and that's why he reveals his heart so that that person can be healed. Um, I just want to, um, what is it, tag on to that? I don't know what the other word is. I get those idioms messed up. But um, good thing I didn't remember what it was because I would have got it backwards. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, too, this morning when I woke up um, praying just for today, felt that um, there were there was somebody here that really struggled with depression. And so... Um, if that's you, just uh, that goes along with what Avril was saying. The Lord wants to set you free, and I believe when I do believe that when God reveals those things, He heals those things. Okay, Phil. I um, just the Lord felt the Lord was saying to me that because I've noticed that you've been a bit under the weather recently for quite a while, and. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the best way to to put it, but I just know that you've had prophecies or a prophecy 
because I gave it to you a while ago about um, being healthy. And I just feel that, this, that God has placed a strategic importance in you and he wants to use you and that basically this is just the devil's way of trying to shoot you down. So the prophecy that you've received is true of health and strength and that and I just thought that this was a word of knowledge as well just for other people in a way that quite often when you get to our age like middle age and you start to feel aches and pains and, and, and what have you it's easy to say well you know it's only to be expected because I'm getting older but I don't think we should agree with that that yeah, it's to be expected in the natural, but we should expect something different in the spiritual. And I'm, there's a lot of people in the church, like uh, Dave and, and others, who have been struggling with with niggling problems for quite a while. And I just believe that it's the devil's way of trying to shut people down, and that we mustn't agree with it. We mustn't give up hope. So. And the Lord gave me that word from uh, 2 Kings chapter 20 about Hezekiah. Where God actually made time go backwards. He sent the shadow backwards by 10 degrees to basically to confirm to Hezekiah that he was going to heal him. And yeah, we might expect certain things in the natural, but God doesn't do the expected. He does the unexpected. So I just want to encourage everybody really who's feeling that way maybe we could get together and just pray for each other and just encourage each other after the meeting but especially for Phil I believe that God's got things that he's got for you to do that are important nationally as well as locally um, dealing with people from many different countries and I don't know whether that's them coming here or you going there or a mixture of both but that's a bit of plan I believe that God's got for you and that the devil's just trying to shoot you down maybe make you start thinking oh well maybe it's time for me to take a bit more of a back step you know I'm not feeling so strong as I used to but that's not the case God's going to raise you up in health and that's what he's got planned for you um, this lady right here in the black and white what is your name? yes yeah Francis um, I just looked at you and I saw I just heard the Lord say um, precious and like precious stones and I just got like a picture of um kind of like somebody who's working on diamonds and kind of creating facets and things like that. And um, is this true that of diamonds that they can't be scratched like easily? And I feel like that's what the Lord's like saying. He's like, it can't be scratched. Like how I've created it, it's not like to be tampered with. It's how it is like for life. And um, so I just felt like the Lord is like saying, and don't um, undervalue your facets you have like many of them and I just really feel like there's so many aspects about you that the Lord has just blessed and that um, just to really explore don't undervalue them and it's all like highlighted and just to add on to that a diamond has to go through um, a large amount of pressure in order for it to shine and I really felt like the Lord has um, you've already gone through that season so you can relax and actually take your seatbelt and enjoy um, a very smooth ride from this day forward and I believe that you're really you're in this appointed time right now where um, where the favor of God like Esther is upon your life and that um, you're just going to go into places and um, it's it's you you are beautiful 
beautiful naturally, but God made you beautiful, but for a reason and a purpose. And he gave gave you the beauty of his face to um, open up doors. And it's the gentleness and the kindness that makes you beautiful. And I believe that the Lord is going to begin to open up doors, even doors that um, you thought were shut, even from years and years and years ago. Um, I I saw you revisiting um, old doors and that the Lord is now going to open up those doors. And I actually believe that the Lord is going to begin to bring restoration and reconciliation in areas that you thought were dead. Um, The Lord is calling them to awaken. So I speak awaken, awaken, awaken. That which was dead awaken in the name of Jesus. We call those things that, that, that laid dormant to awaken in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for um, Frances' life. I thank you, Father, for the favor that she carries. I thank you for the anointing. And Father, I thank you that you've called her not to this nation, but to many nations. I thank you, God, that you're opening up doors from here to America, from America to the Philippines, from the Philippines to Africa. Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing in her life. Thank you, Father. This gentleman in the back, um, in the black shirt, um, uh, when during worship, I just kept hearing the, the word of the Lord say, um, crossroads, crossroads, that you were at, um, at a crossroad, and you can go to the left or you can go to the right. Um, but actually, um, even though you see a crossroad, the Lord has actually made a very specific road for you, and um, there's a road right in front of you. You're, you're looking to the right and you're looking to the left, but that, the Lord is, is actually causing you to look straight ahead and not to look to the right and not to look to the left, that, that the crossroad is is actually a road that is very straight and very narrow. And um, I believe that the Lord is um, really fine-tuning you. I believe that there's a really strong um, prophetic voice and prophetic call upon your life and that um, that you've come through a very difficult season, but the Lord wants you to know that this is your season now um, of, of joy and of reaping the harvest and that this is your time and that this is your hour. And I would even say to you to get ready. Um, I don't know if you have your passport ready. I don't know um, if you're ready but the Lord wants you to be ready in the natural as much as you are in the spiritual. And the power of God and the fire of God is coming upon your life in ways that you never imagined. I see the Lord visiting you in the night season. I see the Father coming to you and you're hearing His voice so precise. And I see that you're um, you're like a scribe. You're writing the things down that the Father is giving to you. And I also see that the hand of God is releasing the healing balm of Gilead in every area of your of your life. Wherever there was that healing is needed, God is releasing releasing healing upon your life, that this is your time, this is your hour, this is the appointed time for you, and it's not anything that's going to go, that, that um, you're, you're like waiting for, it's the now time, it's the now time, it's the now time. You sir, do you mind if I pick on you? <laughs> Don't have to stand up. No, I just saw you, although it's appropriate, maybe that you do, because I saw you on stage. <laughs> and um, I'm not sure whether you entertain or whether you've done entertainment before or whether you're actually thought about public speaking. But I can see you actually entertaining the crowd and being very good in terms of public speaking. So I just want to encourage you that the Lord knows you're gifting and maybe you've put it aside, maybe it's in the past. But um, if it's appropriate and you weigh it up and it's right, pick it up again because the Lord's with you on stage. Um, Barbara, um, I just feel the Lord saying to you, don't worry about your family. They're in his hands. That they're going to be okay. He's heard your prayers. He understands. And that 
He's going to work things out in ways that will surprise you and bless you and that he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you've been through and there's going to be joy and celebration um, and he's heard your prayers. I just had this word this morning about stepping out of the boat and getting out of your comfort zone and I guess that could be quite a few of us really. Um, to take a risk, to have faith, and to know that when you do that, Jesus will be there to support you. Good. Okay. All right, thanks. It's so fun to hear God. Just love it. Makes me feel all fiery. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this morning, and we thank you for your word of wisdom and your revelation. Um, and I just ask God that our hearts would be open to you, and um, that you would uh, just orchestrate how you how you want to deliver your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. Well, I'm kind of excited. Not kind of. I am excited um, about what what I'm carrying. It, it started couple weeks ago and I've been just pondering it wasn't sure what I was going to do with with what the the download that was coming to me Um, but I just kind of want to follow through with what Phil was sharing last week about uh, what are they called OMAs yeah well um, so in between that there's another feast and it's um, it's the feast of Purim and I've been trying to read my Bible in 90 days. That started in October. I'm only in Esther, so clearly it didn't take me 90 days. Um, But I just finished the book of Esther, and a while ago, God was really speaking to me about her life and um, and just her her courage and her boldness to to stand for a nation that was getting ready to be killed. But it's funny how God starts to say something to you, but he just plants the seed and plants the seed, and it just kind of grows little by little, and you get more information and more information. So um, the first thing that I just kind of want to talk about is is Purim, which I believe it just passed. And the whole purpose of this feast was because they, they celebrated it because um, Esther and Mordecai and the nation of Israel fasted for, for three days and prayed um, for their nation to be saved. And because what was going to happen was they were all going to be killed. A letter went out, prepare for your death. And um, you could read it in the book of Esther. I promise it's there. And, uh, and so she, she was created for a very specific time on earth. She was created beautiful, and she was the least likely person to be used by God. Not only was she the least likely person to be used by God, but she, her uncle, I think it was her uncle, um, raised her, or cousin, I don't know. Anyway, they were related. And, um, and so here they were, they, he was from the tribe of Benjamite, right? Which was also considered kind of the least of the, of the tribes. She's an orphan, and he's the least of all tribes, Can I say that one more time? She was an orphan, and he was the least of all tribes. And here's Haman, who was designed to hate the Israelites. That's, that's the way, you know, he, he, he was born into to 
hate and and um, genocide and and all of that. That's the kind of lineage that that he um, came from. Let me just back up. So the holiday of Purim, uh, it it was the purpose of it was to make lots of noise and to because they eradicated the Amalek that generation there. Um, it was like they would stomp him underneath their feet, like on the heels of their feet, and they would shout and make lots of noise, um, and that, that was the feast, that was the celebration that they overcame, there was a victory in between, and I believe that we, ha- that we need to make a shout, because I believe that right now, there is an enemy on the face of the earth, in between these two feasts, between the now and, and the time of Pentecost, to try to shut us down. Something is getting ready to happen. Do you feel the heat turned up? I do in my own home. Different things are happening. The heat has turned up. Why? To distract us. A spirit of fear was released across the uh, across the nation of Israel in the time of Esther to to cause them to have fear, to stop them in their tracks. But there were two people who stood up to the occasion and said, "Not on my watch." Two unlikely people. Not on my watch. It doesn't matter what goes on around us. It doesn't matter how much the enemy wants to tear us down and distract us. It doesn't matter. Our anchor, no matter what happens in my life, there is an anchor that I constantly hang on to. And no, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Now, there's a history here, and I really find it fascinating. And in the beginning of March, the Lord um, revealed a, a a word to me, and um, he said that he was giving out marching orders in the month of March. And I said, well, what, what are you revealing to me? And he said um, that there is an enemy of compromise that is, that, that is going across the face of the earth. And that enemy of compromise is whatever we compromise as a truth that isn't a truth. And there's this enemy of compromise. And what happens is when we allow the enemy of compromise, it actually shifts our destiny. It changes the face of what our destiny will look like. It did with Adam and Eve from the very get-go. What did she do? The enemy of compromise came in the garden. He, the enemy of compromise offered her what? Knowledge. If we go a little bit further, the enemy of compromise came to Abraham. What happened there? God gave Abraham a promise, a seed. But he became impatient or insecure or whatever it is. Something happened and an enemy of compromise took seed, took root inside his heart, inside his wife's heart. And he created another nation. Not the nation that God intended, but God redeemed it. Because God, once God's word goes forward, it never returns void. It always returns full to him. Always say that. God's word always returns full. Every promise, every word that has been spoken over your life will be fulfilled. If it came from God's mouth, it will be fulfilled. It doesn't matter how you get, well, it does matter how you get there. There's a better path. 
There's always a better path. Saul. God chose Saul to be a king. Yeah? And Saul was out getting ready. And the prophet said to him, Wait here seven days. Wait, wait here seven days and I'll be back, basically. He waited seven days, but he did he wait for the prophet? What happened? Mm. An enemy of compromise came in and destiny was altered at that very moment in time. Something else happened. God told him to go into war and to do what with all the Amalekites? Destroy every single one of them. Do you want to know who this, who this, group, of peop- this group of people, who they were? They were the first nations to seek to destroy the children of Israel. They were born into this way of thinking, a genocide to kill all the Israelites. That was what they were created for, or so be it. Have a think for a moment. So what did, what did Saul do when he went in and he fought the war and he killed all of them except one? He let the king live. The Amalekite king live. Not only did he let the Amalekite king live, but he let him have intermarry with the Israelite women and produced children from them. So his seed was being reproduced, even though God wanted him to wanted them to go in and kill all the Amalekites. Why is God so horrible? Because God knows the beginning from the end. He knows what's in the heart of man. He knew what was in the heart of these these people. Their heart was to kill the Israelites, all of them. Not one was allowed to live. God knew that. Not, and God knew it so well that he didn't even want the memory of who they were coming through an animal or anything. Everything had to be destroyed. But Saul let one king live. And out of that king came Haman, the Agite. And what did, king, what did Haman want to do? Destroy the Israelites. The seed of that generation carried through all the way until the time of Esther. One man's choice shifted destiny. Any choice that we make, if God hasn't asked us to do it and we shift the plan of God, it alters destiny. God always, his word will always come to pass though. Because he used the unexpected person, people like Esther and Mordecai. An orphan. A man who was third generation captivity in Babylon. 118 years. Third generation captivity in Babylon. 
carried the wisdom. He had no fear. No evil of compromise entered him because when Haman wanted everybody to bow down to him, he would not. And he didn't consider his life so precious that he was going to bow down to something he didn't agree with. He would not allow the evil of compromise to come into his heart. It was not allowed to take root. Sometimes the evil of compromise, and I have to guard myself from this, is our mind. And when we start thinking it, we start living it. We have to find that anchor and pull on that anchor so we line up with the kingdom of God. Because God has a purpose. We are designed for an appointed time. He has made a covenant with us. You have a birthright. You have access to all your birthright. Do you know what our birthright is? Jesus left us a double portion. He told us to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. All we have to do is reach into heaven and grab a hold of what heaven has and bring it here on earth. That's it. And all we have to do is believe what he says. Start believing. Start transforming the way we think. That's it. Renew our mind so that it lines up with the kingdom of God. You know, Esther had to go through this preparation for a whole year. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd like to think Esther's probably kind of like me. Um, I'm not a girly girl. I know it looks like I am, but I'm not a real girly girl. I don't like, you know, so funny I'm wearing diamonds. I don't, I like chunky things. I like, I'm dressed very feminine today, but I, I'm, I like, I like running shoes. I like going for hikes. I like, I'm not, you know, just fancy, fancy kind of person, bling, bling. And I like to think that, you know, Esther was of heaven. She worked in the field. She did these things. And here, and, and though those pampering things are nice, I think, like, for me, if I had to go through that for a whole year every day, it would drive me bonkers. Like, that's my personality. I can't, it's, it make, requires me to be too still. I'd rather go for a run, get sweaty, get the chainsaw out, tear up my yard. Have Paul fix it? Yes, I did that. Um, <laughs> you know, I just would rather do those types of things. So here I'm thinking about Esther, and I'm thinking about the process that she had to go through. She submitted herself to the process. I would imagine that she probably didn't look in the mirror and go, Oh, you're all that in a bag of chips. She was an orphan woman. I would imagine she lost her mom and dad. I would imagine there were things that were going through her heart that she had to process during this time. Why am I here? I'd rather be with my uncle. But I'm here. You know, and then the other side of the coin is she could have got a big head. Oh, look at me and all my beauty. I smell good. I look good. The king wants me. Look at me. Hey, hey. But she listened to Mordecai, and he wasn't even with her. He told her how she was to be. He, told, he, he, he gave her the wisdom from God. And she listened to him. And she honored him. And she honored those that were in authority above her. She trusted them to guide her so that she could gain favor. And she gained favor for a purpose. Do you hear me? God positioned Esther there for such a time as that. It was a moment in time. He gave her favor for a reason. You are positioned where you are. You're carrying the favor of God for an appointed time. And that appointed time is right now. Why are you in this position? 
Why? It's for a reason. And it's, it, the reason is to see heaven kiss earth, to see change in the atmosphere everywhere our go, where we go or I go. You have to position yourself purposely to see God at work. And to not just see God at work, but to see God at work through you. Esther wasn't waiting for Mordecai to do her job. And Mordecai wasn't waiting for Esther to do his job. They purposely positioned themselves. And she did everything that Mordecai had suggested. Everything that the Enoch told her to do. And she gained access to the king. And she didn't love her life so much that she didn't do what God had wanted her to do. She considered the things of heaven far more important than her own life. I want to be that way. I want to be that way every time I wake up in the morning. I want to be, I I want to consider the things of heaven more important than my own life. I want to purposely position myself. You know, I have missed God. I've allowed the enemy of compromise. I've been so distracted with my son, Micah, because we've moved, we went to India, we moved, we did all these things that you can have a hundred excuses of why you become distracted. And I allowed the enemy of compromise to come into my heart, even to the point in some of the music that I was listening to. This is just my life. I can't do it. I can't do it because it starts to dirty up my vessel. That's just me. I'm not saying that that's for you, but that's me. And I realized because this is why, this is where the compromise was. God told me not to intermix with that stuff. Don't let that mixture in your heart. And I like some good old music from the 80s sometimes. It makes me giggle. But it wasn't time for that. And I told my husband, I want to detox. I want to detox from... TV. I want to detox from music. I want to detox my life. I, I don't want the enemy of compromise. And I woke up this morning and I was so excited. I was excited about going to bed so I could wake up. Honestly, I'm like, I'm going to bed, guys. We had a couple people at the house. and I'm, like, I'm going to bed because I want to wake up early. And so I did. I did just that. And I couldn't wait. My clock went off and it was 4 o'clock and I was like, oh, it's 4 a.m. Just five more minutes. And then I started thinking about God as I was laying there. And then I got excited. And so then I went downstairs and I was like, right, what do you want to do today? And, and so, and then he just began to speak to me. And then he showed up a few hours later in, in his power and his love. And I began to weep before him. And, you know, we need to weep before the Lord. Esther and Mordecai, they wept before the Lord. And their weeping turned to travail. And their travail turned to intercession. And they saved an entire nation. And because they positioned them, themselves for that, Zerubbabel was born. And that's the lineage of Jesus Christ. If they, if they did not position themselves, who knows what destiny would have looked like. Jesus still would have been born because God had a plan, but it, the story would have looked a lot different. One woman, one man put their life on the line for the lineage of Christ so that we could be set free. <sighs> Thank you, Esther. Thank you, Mordecai. Thank you for your sacrifice of love for God. Thank you for your sacrifice, for a love for your nation. Thank you for doing that. 
There is an inheritance. There is a birthright. There is a covenant that Jesus made with us for a reason. Wow. Break me, bend me, mold me. I want to be like that generation of Mordecai and Esther. I want to be bold. I want to consider your ways more important than mine. You know, I think, was it Rachel? She was pregnant with two nations in her. Was it her? Was that the mom? can't remember who it was. Isaac. I, Rebecca. I knew it was an R. Isn't it wonderful? You don't have to always remember these things. Um, but she was pregnant with two nations inside of her, and Esau sold his birthright. For what? For food? A temporary fix? And do you know that that actually altered destiny? And then what happened was a, 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 an entire generation of people called the Edomites constantly at war with the Israelites, the nation that came from Jacob and the nation that came from Esau, constantly at war. You're a history changer. Put your hand on your stomach. I carry destiny. And all I have to do is say yes to God. God gave me an acronym for yes once. And some of you have heard it. Some of you haven't. So those of you who have heard it, well, you get to hear it again. Y-E-S, a yielded, extravagant servant. That's all God requires. To be yielded to him. To be extravagant for him. Extravagant. And to just simply be his servant. I don't want to do anything without him. I want to see revival in this nation. I want to see it so bad. And every time I walk out in in amongst the public, outside of church walls, my heart aches. It's time for us to grab a hold of our birthright in this land. What is it? Write it down. You were born for such a time as this. This is the appointed time. This is the appointed hour. And just like Barney was saying that, you know, even though there, there was a praise that we're to do, even though we're not actually in that moment that we need to praise ahead of time for it to happen. Did I say it right? You know, this is the Feast of Purim, even though we've passed it. It's still in between Pentecost and Shabbat. And do you know that it, or not Shabbat, I'm getting them, thank you, thank you. Did I say it right? It's in between. And, and, oh, sorry, yeah. 
the, the Passover. It's in between these two. And we need to stamp and shout and, and, and on all the things that would try to hold us. All the things, whatever it is, and begin to grab a hold of our birthright. Their birthright was to see this seed go all the way through until Jesus was born. They understood what they were carrying. They understood how to protect it. We need to value our birthright. Why are you born for this moment? Why? We need to ask these important questions. We don't simply exist just to go to bed and wake up and go to bed and wake up and go to work and smile at people or not smile at people. But that's not what we're designed for. I can imagine the state of Esther losing her mom and dad. I was an orphan, but I was a different kind of orphan. I lived in and out of foster homes most of my life, but because of the abuse of my mother. I can't imagine the state of her mind and her heart. What a wonderful uncle, cousin, thank you, that she had, that saw greatness. He saw gold in her. And he pulled the gold right out of her. And she became beautiful in the hands of God. And the favor saved the nation. Wow. Destiny. Where we position ourselves when we do it on purpose. Position yourself for destiny on purpose. That's what God wants us to do. We have to be intentional with our life. And I believe that we are in this hour where the enemy of compromise cannot be any part of our life. And we need to be aware when we allow the enemy of compromise in. Because the minute the enemy of compromise enters in, the way we see things becomes very filtered. And if we've caught it, then we need to fix it. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But we don't have time to waste anymore. I don't believe that at all. I believe that we are in a very specific time and God is wanting to wake us up to what he's doing in this hour. It's time for us to rise and be, be like a generation of, of, of Issachar to, and understand the times that we're in and begin to be aware and begin to pray and ask for the download from the Father. You are here on purpose. God did not cause you to be born in the 18th century or 554. BC. He caused you to be born at whatever stage that you were born at to live right now for a reason. You're in here on purpose. You're hearing this word on purpose. Now you have a sense of responsibility. God has given you an invitation as a gift freely to you. And you can accept it. I receive it. And now I have to be responsible for this gift. Why are you born? Why are you here on earth? What is your birthright? God has made a covenant with you through Jesus Christ. Jesus left you a beautiful inheritance. And that inheritance isn't waiting for you to die and go to heaven only. That inheritance starts while you're living to release the kingdom. Otherwise, we would all just be a bunch of zombies. Yeah? 
I watched this movie yesterday, and I liked it. So if it's bad, I'm sorry. But I thought it was good. What was it called? Divergent? Divergent? Divergent. I'm not British yet. Divergent. Anyway, um, and it's about um, the, these group of people, and each person's supposed to fit in a category. And I could relate because I don't fit in a category. But um, they were all, like, either smart or there was this wild group of people that wanted to protect the land. I fit more with that kind of group. If I had to pick, you know, I was picking. I was watching the movie. That's how involved I was in this film. And I don't do that with films, actually. But I did with this film. I was, like, totally, like, I was a part of the film. And um, I'm like, this is really interesting. Anyway, so they had to have these different um, categories of different people groups. And there were a few people in the land that nobody knew about, and they were called divergents, divergents. And, um, and what it was was they didn't fit the mold of any one group. So they thought differently. They um, planned things out differently. They didn't fit the mold. They didn't do what people wanted them to do. And there was this evil plan to cause everybody to think the same, work the same, do the same, and, if, and, and, and to, like, get rid of people, which was their peace, their way of working out peace. So they did this little thing in their neck to cause people's minds to come under the influence of, of this shot in their neck. And I know. I'm such a great storyteller. And so, anyway... Um, and the way they could tell that the people who were, um, what were they called? But were, was that what they were called? Or doubt, doubtless? Or anyway, the special people. The special people. So if they got a shot in their neck, it didn't work. Because they didn't, they did, they didn't fit in a category. And because they thought differently, they worked out problems differently and all of that. And I really feel like that we're kind of like the divergence. We don't fit the mold. God did not design you to fit the mold. He created you to be different, to think differently, to speak differently, to see differently. They were fearless people. And in the end, they conquered. Although there's another movie coming out, so I'm assuming that there's going to be more. But... um, Anyway, so that's my little ending story. Um, yeah. So God, God wants us to just, you know, one, have fun, but not allow the enemy of compromise. You were created for such a time as this. This is your appointed time. This is your appointed hour. Why are you born today? Why are you living right now? What's your purpose in life? And I can guarantee you your purpose in life is not to just go to work or, you know, run a household or You're designed for something much greater. Esther was an orphan. Mordecai was third generation in captivity. And and he ended up being the prime minister of a king. And she ended up being a queen. Fancy that. It's pretty powerful, huh? So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word of revelation and your word of wisdom this morning. I pray that we would be incredibly responsible for what you give to us. I ask, God, that you would give us boldness like Esther and that you would give us courage like Mordecai. 
I ask God that we would purposely position ourselves to release your kingdom here on earth. That we would grab a hold of our birthright and that we would make covenant with you daily and that we would be keenly aware of your activity what you're doing. And I pray, Father, that we would eradicate the evil of compromise and that a generation of Amalek will not be on our watch. That we would destroy the spirit of Amalek in this hour through our spiritual warfare, through our intercession. I pray, God, that revival would break out in this land. That people would be awakened to your voice. That you would visit them in dreams and in visions.